Welcome to Women Transcend. I'm Jennifer Todd, and this is a podcast that explores issues that affect women and girls worldwide. Each episode, we dive into a topic of national or international significance and discuss the particular impact on women and girls and how they are able to overcome or transcend. Are girls today too sexy? This is what we will discuss in today's episode. Have you found yourself wandering through the little girl's clothing section in a department store thinking, wait, hold up, little girls didn't dress like this when I was little. When did seven and eight-year-old girls become pole dancers? Well, the answer is actually now. Pole dancing, or pole fitness as it is being called, is becoming more popular among girls as young as five, with some competing in pole dancing competitions by age eight. Proponents say this is a good way to promote fitness, but let's unpack this a little bit more. So in concrete terms, more specifically, what are we talking about in terms of sexy girls? I mentioned pole dancing, that's sort of the extreme. But also we're talking about things like push-up bras for girls age six, thong underwear for girls ages five and six, shoes with heels for tiny toddlers, and high-heeled pumps for elementary school girls, low-cut bodycon dresses for tiny girls. Child advocates have been arguing that the sexualization of young girls is a widespread and growing problem. The American Psychological Association, or the APA, has weighed in on this issue as well. They released reports many years back warning about the potential harm to children from being exposed to violence in media. The APA has released a report which warns of the dangers of the sexualization of girls in media. They concluded that virtually every form of media which they studied provides significant evidence of the sexualization of women, including television, music videos, music lyrics, movies, magazines, sports media, video games, the internet, and various forms of advertising. Some studies have looked specifically at forms of media that are especially popular with children and adolescents, like video games and teen or girl-focused magazines, and they found the same phenomenon, sexualization. If girls buy or ask their parents to buy clothing and other products designed to make them look physically appealing and sexy, why is this a problem? Why is it anybody else's business? If girls are emulating or styling their identities after the sexy celebrities who are unavoidable in their cultural landscape, they are, in effect, sexualizing themselves. Girls also sexualize themselves when they think of themselves in objectified terms. So what does that mean? Let's unpack that. Child development researchers have identified self-objectification as a key process whereby girls learn to think of and treat their own bodies principally as objects of others' desires. 
They learn at a very young age that they gain attention and potentially power by becoming good at being the object of the male gaze or male desire. Their value is found in the pleasure or use of others. In self-objectification, girls internalize an observer's perspective on their physical selves and learn to treat themselves as objects to be looked at and evaluated for their appearance and only for their appearance. Research links sexualization with three of the most common mental health problems among girls and women, those being eating disorders, low self-esteem, and depression or depressed mood. So why is all of this important? In my discussion with my guests for today's episode, we unpack this growing trend in sexualization of young girls and what the larger ramifications are for the individual girl, girls in general, and for society. And coming up next, my fascinating discussion with Professor Sarah Mernon, who is a professor of psychology at Kenyon College. Welcome to Women Transcend, Sarah. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have this discussion with you. I know that one of your areas of research interest is the sexualization of young girls, and I share that yes. interest. Yeah. So I'm really interested in having this discussion and, and diving into some of your papers that I know so well. Um, yeah, we started doing this research in the 90s. Um, I had a daughter who was young at that time, and there started to be very sexually objectified celebrities in the news. Um, and so we started looking into it in the late 1990s. Interesting. So how have you seen things change since the 90s? Well, I do think that was the beginning of this increase in sexualization. And we were part of the research study to document that there has been an increase. So one of my students, Caitlin Graff, and I looked at the increase in image, sexualized images in the magazine 17 across time, as well as the magazine Girl's Life, which was supposed to be you know, something different than a fashion magazine. And, and when they first started in the 90s, they weren't a fashion magazine. They didn't feature celebrities. But by the 2010 and so on, they definitely were showing sexualized images of girls. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of girls' clothing, I think that there's a, yes. a general feeling that the way that little girls dress today, it seems to be more provocative or maybe more suggestive than has been mm -hmm. in, you know, in the past. There seems to be more of a trend towards what might be considered sexy clothing for for little girls. Do you think yes. that this is true or you agree with that? Yes, and that's actually something we documented too in a study. We looked at uh, clothes for girls, preteen girls on the websites of national stores and found that almost 30% of them had sexualizing characteristics, which would be emphasizing or trying to create a sexualized body part. So a dress that's cut in such a way to make it look like the girl has, you know, breast development. Uh -huh. um, so yes, I, I do think that was happening. And I think in part it was, you know, during the 90s, uh, some stores uh, came about that were specifically for 
uh, girls, like Abercrombie kids. And in fact, that was the the worst store in our group in terms of the number of sexualized clothing items. Uh So I think that, you know, tweens as a group became a new market group in part. But I think, of course, there are other reasons for the sexualization of girls. But yes, definitely an increase in sexualized clothing for girls. Uh huh. And was there any change in, in clothing for boys concomitant to this change for girls? Well, there is an increased emphasis on the importance of appearance for boys. I mean, it's not to the same degree as girls. But in our re- one of our recent studies, we looked at Halloween costumes. And you see an emphasis on stereotyping for boys, too, to a greater degree than used to be true in the past. So maybe an emphasis on hyper-masculinity, which in part uh, is an emphasis on muscularity. And something that has occurred in the last couple of years with boys' Halloween costumes, which I don't think I've ever seen before, is that there is a specific muscular version of many of the costumes. So you can be sort of the regular Spider-Man or you can be the Spider-Man that has, you know, muscles sewn into the costume. Uh Uh-huh. So I do think there's an increased emphasis on hypermasculinity that goes along with this hyperfemininity. Yeah. A, a re-emphasis of these very traditional roles and, in in, I think, um, an emphasis on using appearance to sort of enact these roles. That's fascinating. It's sort of similar to how we have a nurse costume or the sexy nurse yes. costume. Yes. And then we have yes. the Spider-Man costume or the muscular Spider-Man costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that it seems like that's a fairly recent um, yes, phenomenon. Yes, last several years, I would say. Uh-huh. So why should this concern us, especially the little girls dressing maybe a little bit more provocatively? Well, I think an emphasis on appearance for girls, period, is not healthy. Having them focus so much on appearance that, you know, they use that as their self-definition, we know is not healthy, that it leads girls to be preoccupied with their appearance and feel dissatisfied when they compare themselves to these cultural models that are very unrealistic. But then to add along with that, the sexualized appearance, the fear is that they will be stereotyped and treated as only sexual objects and not valued for other aspects of their being, their yeah, exactly. Their accomplishments, et cetera. Yeah. And maybe they will come to internalize this, you know, sexual objectification and only use that to value themselves. Yeah, because I think there's some good research that shows that we assign value to a person based on how that person, girl, woman, man, boy, is dressed. Right. Well, we actually did do a study where we had a fifth grade girl that people responded to. And in one condition, she's dressed in sexualized clothing. And another condition, she's dressed in childlike clothing. And we got the images off the internet. We didn't make anyone dress that way. Um, But what we found was that that our students who viewed the image of the sexualized girl rated her as less moral, less intelligent, less competent than those who saw the childlike girl. So that's similar to the research with adult women, but we were a little surprised to find that they were judging this fifth grade girl so harshly. And after they completed the study, we revealed our hypotheses and asked them what they thought. And they were pretty conscious of judging her on the basis of her clothes. Yeah, that's, we included some of their comments in our paper. Uh-huh, in that's fact, just, that surprised us. Uh-huh, yeah, I bet. So it could be argued that dressing young girls suggestively is contributing to the sexual objectification of a young girl. And, and yes. what, why is that dangerous, in your opinion? Well, I think it can be dangerous to the girl's identity. 
I think it can also be dangerous for other people looking at this girl and maybe assuming that she is more sexual than she is. Like, I don't think the girls are thinking about this clothing as sexy. I think, you know, they think it's popular and it's cool. It's what they see on older girls and women. And so they want to wear it. I mean, there was a study that Christine Starr did about sexualized dolls and, you know, the girls thought that the sexualized dolls would be more popular than the non-sexualized ones. Um, and they would they chose them for themselves as well. But I don't think it's because they are sexy. I think it's they're made to seem appealing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned in some of your research that this sexualization is showing up in the in kids toys and in girls toys yes. as well. Right. And so right. some of the the dolls that were being marketed to girls were showing some of these provocative traits. So, yes, you know, the the American Psych Association had a task force on the issue of the sexualization of girls um, that issued a report in 2007, and they were concerned about the Bratz dolls. Uh-huh. Well, there is something even more sexualizing than Bratz dolls, and that are that's the Monster High dolls. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> that look almost like prostitutes. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and they're very popular. Yeah, they dolls. are. Now, on the other hand, I will say that, you know, Barbie last year came out with dolls with varying body sizes uh-huh. and shapes. Um, I think, you know, there are doll companies that are trying to be a little bit more responsible. Back, yeah. Probably just to sell more dolls. Yeah. Still, yeah. <laughs> it is good to have some variety. I haven't yet seen a, a Barbie doll in fishnets like Monster High, but um, yeah. you never know. Okay, so uh, this is an, uh, a discussion that I've gotten into with some of my feminist friends. Mm-hmm. So traditional feminist theorists might say that there's nothing wrong with girls showing their sexuality, we're sexual beings. So if they, if they express it in childhood or in adolescence, it's healthy and we shouldn't, there's nothing wrong with it and we shouldn't shame them for that. What do you think of that argument? Well, I don't think that wearing sexualized clothing in for girls is authentic self-expression that represents them valuing their bodies and their sexuality. I think, you know, they're being encouraged to do this and then they're being perhaps being stereotyped for doing this. I mean, if it if there was research to show that this really helped them feel better in terms of their sexual development, that would be different. But instead, I think it increases their self-objectification and their concern about their appearance to a very unhealthy degree, which does not lead to better sexual functioning. Now, adult women, you know, they might feel more in control when they're wearing sexualized clothing. And, you know, uh-huh. they're adults. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's a different situation. But I also think as a culture, we're kind of telling women that this is their source of power and we're saying we don't need other ways to increase women's status, which is just not true. I mean, yeah. we still have a wage gap. We still have occupational sex segregation. We still have violence against women. Uh-huh. So I think that I think this has been sold to women as a form of power that's not a true sense of power. Wow, that is a really very powerful thought. Uh, I hate to use power too many times yeah. there, but... Yeah. but um, so what signals might a young girl be giving unwittingly when she chooses, you know, to wear the the low cut top, you know, that's nipped in at the sides that accentuates her breast buds or her behind if there's writing on her behind. 
what um yeah. what signals might she be giving to her peers by dressing that way well I guess I would like to focus more on the culture in that question yeah. and say, why does our culture want to put young girls in sexualized clothing? They should be wearing functional clothing that allows them to go outside and run around and use their body in functional ways and not be a focus of somebody else's, you know, sick obsession. Uh -huh. So I really feel like it's a cultural responsibility to not put girls in this sexualized position. Because if you make this seem attractive and you market all this stuff to girls, I mean, they're gonna want it. And you know, they're insecure and clothing seems like a good way, I think, to give yourself a sense of security. It, it's at least something you can do. You know, you might not know how to like go out and change the world, but you can maybe figure out how to make yourself look like you're more in style. Yeah. So I just wish that we weren't pushing all this on girls. Yeah especially so young. Um, yeah. Great. Do you, do you feel like we've covered everything? Yeah, I guess I wanted to, uh, I mean, one thing to mention is that after focusing on the sexualization of girls for a while, I really did think it was important to also look at what was happening with boys um, because I think that we don't examine the male gender role enough and how that gender role helps perpetuate this issue because while we're encouraging girls to be sexual objects we still are encouraging boys to treat girls as sexual objects yes so i think that looking at both of those roles together is important uh -huh. and just the extent to which we're encouraging boys and girls of young ages for example when you look at what's portrayed in the media to see one another only in terms of you know, possible sexual relationships with one another, I think is unfortunate. Yes. I do just wish we could let kids be kids, let them realize their own self-worth and not have it be so wrapped up in appearance uh -huh. for either boys or girls. Yes. Excellent. Or um, stereotypes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us yes. for Women Transcend, Sarah. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, I've enjoyed speaking with you. Your research is fascinating, and I can't wait to read your next paper. Well, great. Thank you. <laughs>
but in particular because she had the courage to use her celebrity voice to draw attention to the issue of sexualizing young girls. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Women Transcend. Be sure to leave a review for us on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. This will help raise our profile and make it easier for others to find us as well. If you like a particular episode, it's easy to share through Twitter or Facebook right from your podcast player. A big thanks to Sarah Mernon for speaking with me for today's episode and to John Philbeck for doing all of the fabulous sound artistry so that we sound so good. Tweet us at Women Transcend or follow us on Facebook because we always enjoy hearing from you. We will be launching a weekly women's issues and advocacy newsletter, which will go out by email. If you are interested in getting an update on important topics relevant to women and girls, including legislative action items, please go to our website, www.womentranscend.com, and submit your name and email address on our contact sheet, and we will include you in our weekly update. That's all for this episode.